Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality and we're glad you're joining us. And in today's episode, we have Donise Mahan with us today. Thank you, Donise, for joining us at Spirituality Adventures. Thank you for having me. We have just recently met, but I actually knew your work for for I don't know how long. For I don't know how long Hillcrest Ministries have been in in action. Hillcrest has been around since 1976. Wow. So a number of decades wow. they've served the Northland. Yeah. So we started supporting them when I was pastor at Vineyard Church mm-hmm. uh, probably over two decades ago. So, yeah, so I've been a fan of uh, Hillcrest Ministries. And then one of our friends introduced us to each other, uh, Shelly Armato. And right. uh, that was kind of fun. So I thought, hey, let's do an interview. Why not? Yeah. So give us a little bit of your story. Uh, many people that are listening might not know who you are. So tell us about Don East a little bit. Give us a little bit of your backstory before Hillcrest Ministries. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was raised in Platte County, I'm yeah. a hometown girl, went to Line Creek Elementary School, you know, Park Hill North, go Pacers. Yay. Trojans. Then graduated Park yeah. Hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. believe you're a Trojan That's as right. well. So always believed that you should bloom where you were planted. I love having the history of being in this area. Had no idea the struggles of some of our neighbors in this area, just always assumed everyone kind of had the uh, idyllic childhood that I did. Mm-hmm. So I believe firmly in the, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm. So I started realizing that the playing field wasn't exactly even, and that really had me interested in serving in a variety of ways right here in the community. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you grow up in a, I mean, back, Back when I was growing up in the Northland, there were hardly any stoplights up here, right? Right. <laughs> right. Barry Road was this little two-lane, yeah. you know, cornfields where the hospital and everything is. It's changed significantly. Yeah. And, you know, you think this is white middle-class America, you know, and so there's no poverty in the Northland. Right. Right. <laughs> it was invisible to me. And it, and it still can seem that way to some degree, I think, don't you? I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I have coined the phrase, the invisible homeless. You yes. know, it's the moms who are living in their cars with their kids that don't want anyone to know they're homeless for fear that their kids will be taken away. Mm-hmm. So there are resources that are in the community and they don't even know about them. I guess that's my biggest pull to be with you today, too, is just try to continue to spread the word that there's people who can help. There's people who can offer a hand up mm-hmm. you know, to those who are in need. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, in, in, in a specific way, was there was there a certain story or situation or individual 
that drew you into this ministry? Was your heart always for people who were in in vulnerable situations, or right. did that was that something that grew over time? I your heart for that. I was painfully shy as a kid, like I wouldn't go out to recess, kind of shy, and so it afforded me an opportunity to really notice people who were included or excluded. Um, it, it gave me an opportunity to observe, you know, what allowed folks to really reach their potential. You know, was somebody believing in them and, and how folks with amazing potential, and I think we all have that, if you don't have someone in your corner cheering, you know, you don't ever reach it. Mm. And how the whole community is less because of that. So it's always been an interest of mine. Years before I uh, joined the Hillcrest team, it was an organization that I um, volunteered at as okay. well. And, you know, I love the concept of offering folks an opportunity to learn skills that maybe they didn't learn at home hmm. so that they could enjoy the life that they were meant to lead. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so... You almost eleven years ago, you became the 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 uh, executive director of Hillcrest Ministries, Platte County, and you you were stepping into an area where you were going. Am I really prepared for this? How did you? Oh yeah, yeah no, I'm still us. not prepared for that. <laughs> I am still not prepared for that. It, this was not on my long range plan. It was something great to do, maybe through my church to volunteer a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was never on my life goal to run a nonprofit. Um, actually, when the opportunity was presented to me, I, you know, I was not in a position to even consider it. I was looking for a real, you know, full-time job rather than, you know, playing in the nonprofit world as was my imagination back in the day. Um, I was actually uh, had been working part time. You know, my daughter was finally at the age where I could go back to full time work. And I was I was a little disappointed in myself. Um, nothing better than staying home you know, with your kids. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't fully developed my career potential. I'd had a career for 10 years in computer science and adult education. And then when I gave birth to my daughter, stayed at home. And when she was of school age, I would get part-time jobs during the school year, then quit you know, to enjoy the summer with mm -hmm. her and then get another one. And when I was looking for full-time employment and, you know, 11 years ago, it was a little more difficult to find. Um, I kind of beat myself up. I, I would spend the wee hours of the night in regret about the decisions I made to switch part-time jobs and to jump from place to place. And, uh, and I really thought that I'd kind of messed up the trajectory of my life. And then one day, a gentleman who worked at my church sent me this job posting for the director at Hillcrest. And I thought, nice, but what does this have to do with any of my background? And so I just kind of pushed it to the side. And then that night at Bible study, my Bible study teacher brought the same job posting. And I thought, well, Mike sent that to me earlier. Weird. And then a lady in the Bible study brought the same one. And I thought, okay, I'll read the description, but that doesn't mean that this is anything at all that I'm interested in. But when I read the description, you know, it kind of took my breath away because every 
bullet point matched up with one of my part-time jobs. Hmm. There wasn't a part-time job that didn't have a bullet point, and there wasn't a bullet point that wasn't covered by my part-time job. And it just gave me the reassurance that God was preparing me for this position and that no time was wasted. And just, you know, as he tells us that he will turn all to good mm. for those who love him. I was bathed in that and um, and then reached out to the organization and didn't receive any word back. <laughs> and I was like, but God made me for this. <laughs> and they weren't interested. And huh. then um, a friend said, you know, you don't have to hire her, but just talk to her for 10 minutes. And so, you know, they talked to me for what was a little bit more than 10 minutes and offered me the job. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's such a cool story. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I love that. I, I love, love it that. too, because there are circumstances that present themselves in this line of work you know, that are beyond my mm. skill set. Mm -hmm. Most of them really are beyond my skill set, but I can rely on, you know, I can rely on that it's not all on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, it's crazy for all different kinds of reasons. You know, I, I feel like I kind of messed up my trajectory of my life. And so, but I still have this, this hope is like, okay, God can still pull these things together, use them. And, uh, and so these stories give me hope, right? Good, good, good. good. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so I was thinking about uh, the hidden people who are vulnerable in our culture. And I, I can't remember, we, we really tried to serve those who were vulnerable in Kansas City. We really, I had a concept when I was pastor uh, to serve the city. Oh, yeah. And we tried to do that in every kind of way that we could think of. And particularly tried to think about the, the vulnerable, the marginalized, um, those who were on the, on the edges that, you know, and so I remember about 10 years ago or something, um, an article came out. It was a demographic study mm -hmm. in America. And historically, we'd kind of thought about the, the, the poverty line and those who were in poverty being in the urban core of our big cities, right? So a lot of cities in America had urban cores that were in poverty or big, big sections of urban core poverty. But at some point, um, the poor started migrating to the suburbs. And this is true in almost all your big cities in America. And there became a tipping point where there were actually more people living in poverty in the suburbs than they were in the historic classic urban core areas. Oh, wow. And this was about a decade ago or so. It was a it was a large demographic study, and I, and that caught my attention because here I was pastoring a church way in the suburbs. You know, like right. I would bring, nobody has needs I, up here, I know, right? Or, and I would bring my uh, I'd bring some of my friends that pastored in the core, and they'd come out, and there's like it's a field. Like my right. church is in a field, you know, and they're like going, "Where do people come from?" You know, <laughs> I always said it's like children of the corn. You know, they just oh emerge my. out of that. <laughs> oh, <my heavens. laughs> Yeah, that's my brain anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but, you know, but then we started ministries, you know, for people who are vulnerable and it, and it was there everywhere. So maybe talk about that um, with with Hillcrest Ministries. What what, is, what what kind of people are you 
trying to serve and and what kind of people are you trying to um, reach and educate and train and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. Because they're, the demographic is wide of the folks who are in need. And it's not necessarily even an income issue. Um, it, usually it is. But we see folks of all different backgrounds that come to Hillcrest in need. And we really try to meet people where they are. Now, Hillcrest is unique in that we serve the working homeless. So it's a demographic that, um, you know, you'll see generational poverty, you'll see situational, uh, and a lot of those who we serve are more situational. Uh, they have come to us because they did not have modeled for them, perhaps, you know, budgeting techniques or how to, uh, you know, get better employment so that they can have an income that matches the size of their family. Uh, we have folks who come to us because of a break in a relationship. You know, we see a lot of nurses uh, that come into Hillcrest because they're caregivers and they're used to pouring in. And if a relationship breaks, they don't have the business background. They don't have the how do I balance the checkbook you know, type of mentality, mm. even though they have an income coming in. Uh, we see a lot of um, single moms you know, who live in their cars right here you know, in Platte County. I don't know if you ever shopped at the Kmart you know, 72nd mm -hmm. and I-29. It was my brother's first job. I've been by there a million times. And there's a bus stop there. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's cars in the parking lot, I always get super excited because I'm kind of, you know, go green and people are taking mass transportation. And it never occurred to me that there'd be moms living in their cars there because it was a safe place to park amongst the other vehicles in a lit parking lot. Mm. And, uh, and it's just right here you know, in, in our backyard, mm -hmm. you know, right down the road from that field, there are parking lots where moms are living with mm -hmm. their kids. Mm -hmm. And so we want to reach that demographic. Folks who, you know, might, I think that they're worthy of a life, you know, that the rest of us are leading mm -hmm. and pour into them that they are and that they're capable of so much more than they can even imagine, and that they're worthy of giving their kids a lifestyle that maybe they only dreamed of. But so many of the folks who live in poverty that are here in this area, um, you know, you're standing behind them at the grocery store, you're sitting next to them in the church pews, their kids are going to school, you know, with your kids, mm -hmm. and you have no idea of what they're suffering. Hmm. So that's why we try to get out and expose as many folks as possible to the resources that we have mm -hmm. available, which are fully furnished apartments. You know, come and live there while they go through the program, which is a high accountability program. You know, there's budgets counseling each week, there's case management each week, there's life skills and counseling. And, you know, it is an intensive three to four month period but we're covering all of your expenses, living expenses, so you can save every dime you make to get a down payment, you know, for the first month's rent, to be able to pay off any evictions you have or utility bills, uh, you know, because nobody's going to rent to you if you have, you can't turn electricity on. So, um, so yeah, it's, you can't look at folks and know that mm. they're in need. You know, you have to develop a relationship and really have that conversation. Hmm. And that's how we find success too, is in the relationship building. 
you know, if you wanting to make a difference long term in mm-hmm. someone's life, you've got mm-hmm. to really get to know them and and allow them to trust that you're going to walk alongside them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do. Yeah. So you're when you say you your target audience is what you're call, calling working people the working homeless that right. are that are potentially homeless are homeless. Absolutely. That okay. And, and it, could, it could just be that they they it's it's not like they've been homeless a long time. They could have fallen on difficult times. It could right. be circumstantial. Right. Now, we have recently, I guess back in 2017, we started a young adult housing program. And we see more of the folks in the young adult program who have gone from foster home to foster home and finally age out of the foster care system mm-hmm. or who have been homeless with their families and then just have broken with their families okay. and are needing a place to launch. And so we'll see more of the generational poverty in that mm. segment of yeah. our program. How do, how do you find your clientele? Do they find you or? They do. A lot of it is word of mouth. You know, that one of the gals that was living at the Kmart parking lot trying so hard for no one to know her situation because she didn't want, you know, family services to come and take her kids, mm-hmm. let it slip to someone she worked with. And that person happened to be a Hillcrest graduate. Okay. And she's like, what are you doing living in your car? You know, there's apartments walking distance from here where you can hmm. raise your kids and get back on your feet so you can start life anew. Mm-hmm. So lots of it is word of mouth, though. You know, on occasion we'll do a podcast and try to get the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we speak at churches, we go to community events. Mm-hmm. You know, just really trying to right. spread the word. Yeah. So, how like how many people? I, I don't know if you like. Can you? take care of like this for how many living places do you have for people? So I have 35 fully furnished apartments in Platte County. And those apartments are used either for, you know, individual adult or family. There Mm -hmm. are two bedroom, one bath apartments, Mm -hmm. or for our young adult program, we will put two young adults. So they have roommates, you know, similar to a setup in a dorm in college. Okay. Uh, each of the bedroom doors in that case will have a lock on it, so they have a secure place to go. But we think that some of the skills you learn living with someone are good skills for those young adults to have. Okay. So quite a few. Yeah. You know, really quite a yeah. few at a time. And it's wonderful because when we come together once a week for life skills, folks are able to realize, oh my heavens, I'm not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't some big error on my part or a black cloud that's hanging over me. Mm-hmm. Here I am in a community of folks all working really mm-hmm. hard to make a different lifestyle for themselves. Yeah. And you would, this would all be transitional housing. So, so people are in there for what? Short term. Three months. Right. Our, Something like that. Our regular program that's been going on for decades is, you know, three to four months, depending on the okay. amount of debt they have and the challenges. Mm-hmm. Our young adult program is longer than that because we want to walk alongside them as they complete high school and then whatever their next educational opportunity is. We want to make sure that they you know, get a certification mm-hmm. or go to college or something that they can fall back mm-hmm. on when they hit a road bump, because we all hit road bumps, right. right? So so we are we spend more time with the young adults. They have a, a longer opportunity to stay on property 
Okay. Excellent. What, um, what percentage of people are dealing with, uh, maybe alcohol or drug addiction? Right. And what person, and I'm, is there a percentage of people that might be fleeing domestic violence issues as well? Right. We have all those things uh, that we deal with. And so, you know, back in the day, our life skills was more, how do you change a furnace filter and how are you a good, you know, tenant for a landlord and, you know, home maintenance and car maintenance. And what we found now is that there's just much more of a mental health component. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're struggling with an addiction, if you are struggling with any type of situation, I mean, if you're homeless, well, quite frankly, if you're anybody, you have mental health issues of one kind or another and can benefit from counseling. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But especially in a situation where you're living a little bit outside the norm of society, you know, there is mm-hmm. something to be unpacked there mm-hmm. uh, that created that situation. So our weekly life skills classes have turned more into group therapy. Oh, yeah. Where folks can really kind of what um, our gal calls it, uh, our staff member says, it's a checkup from the neck up mm. and just puts it really in layman's terms. It's really just a conversation, mm-hmm. but it's an introduction to the difference that therapy can make mm-hmm. you know, in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And then when there's a comfort level that is built up, then an individual session can be scheduled. And that is such a need that we're seeing now with the population who's applying that we're actually opening a counseling center and hiring a qualified mental health professional to be on staff to work with our program participants. Oh, wow. Good. And that's what we really see the long-term mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. Because what our dream is, is that folks leave us and they can be healthy partners, healthy parents, healthy mm-hmm. community citizens, because they've addressed some of the challenges mm-hmm. that life has thrown at them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I I know um, one of the things, or I, I'm, I'm thinking that one of the things you do is you have um, Hillcrest uh, thrift shops, oh, is that right. right? That is true. Uh, and I've never been in one of them. What? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to change that. Yeah. 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 But I, I looked online and they look like they look really cool. We call them. Yes, they do. I'm not sure if there's copyright laws, but we call them the Nordstrom of the thrift shop. Okay. <laughs> we had somebody donate a grand piano and you know, we'd have volunteers come in and play the piano, you know, while people are shopping, which is why I make that reference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we started we have the Macklemore theme song going on. I'm gonna pop some tags and I love Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> and actually we've had some of the Park Hill, you know, Mr. Park Hill or whatever <laughs> contest. And they would come to the thrift shop and do a lip sync of that song. Oh, that's and great. that's what introduced me to Macklemore. But love him, love his music. But the thrift shops started because you know, we're given a hand up, not a handout. So folks uh, would see when our people would graduate, if they're moving from their car into an apartment, that's a huge expense to have to completely furnish a a place when you start with nothing. Mm -hmm. So we had very generous supporters who redid their living room and said, hey, I've got this couch. How about if you keep it for your next graduate? And so we'd, you know, built a shed out and back and put the couch in. And then someone's like, hey, I got some new dishes here. Why don't you give it to your new graduate? And pretty soon that shed was full. And then we built another shed. (laughs) 
And pretty soon that shed was full. And then we built the third shed and we thought, you know, we really need to look for storage. And we couldn't find any. And then the idea came up about what if we opened a thrift shop and we encouraged folks to bring their donations. And then we would avoid... Um, you know, when someone graduates, hey, here's a couch, here's the dishes, here's all this. It felt like a handout mm-hmm. when that's so against, you know, what we we try to strive for. And so now we give, they earn vouchers. And so when they graduate, they make a list of all they need to fill their apartment. And then we give them a certain number of vouchers and they have to continue the budget. Okay, I've got $400 in vouchers. That means I can't buy spend $400 on my bed when I also need dishes and a kitchen table and towels. So it continues the training process of working within a budget, but it also gives them the ownership that they chose that couch. They earned that couch Mm -hmm. every time they open the door in their apartment, instead of seeing it and saying, Oh, there's that couch. Somebody gave me because I'm homeless. They go, there's that couch. I earned Mm -hmm. and provided for my Mm -hmm. family by completing a really difficult program. So we started, you know, at the top level of uh, of our Prairie View location, you know, above Woody's. Right. I don't know if you've ever been to Woody's right. or not. No, I know, you know? exactly where that one's located. <laughs> and we thought, oh, I wonder if we could keep this open, you know, maybe three days a week. Mm-hmm. And we could. And then eventually we took over, you know, the lower level. And now we've expanded. We have three thrift shops here in Black Where are the County. others located? So the, the original thrift shop is now a clearance outlet. A lot of do-it-yourselfers, okay. you know, go there, get furniture for, you know, next to nothing, refurbish it, sell it. So we have folks in the community who are earning money that way. Okay. And then we moved up the hill to the old Bob's IGA. I feel mm-hmm. like I can speak old Platte County you to can. you because, you know, it's kind of like where the TG&Y and the Velvet yeah. Freeze yeah, yeah. were, then right behind there, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the Bob's. So that's I know. where I know where you're at. We have uh, the second thrift shop and then we have one up in Platte City. Big orange okay. uh, roof right by the water tower All right. there. And what we love about the thrift shops is that we're able to serve folks in the community who maybe are insecurely housed mm. and so need all the help they can get to get high quality items. It is amazing what people donate mm. to the thrift shops uh, at very reasonable prices. And then it's also a great community. You know, I think I mentioned earlier about the importance of relationships. Mm-hmm. And at that thrift shop, folks who volunteer come in and form relationships with each other. You know, so much of our life is spent dreaming about retirement. And you get there and it's kind of fun to sleep in for about a month. And then you might be thinking, okay, now what do I do? You know what? I don't have any reason to set an alarm. You know, you really want to continue to giving back. Mm -hmm. I think that's so much a part of what makes us human uh, and productive. And so coming together to volunteer at the thrift shop Mm. puts you with like-minded people who are making a difference right here in their own backyard. So yeah, I love the thrift shops, uh, really consider them, you know, a big, big part of the ministry. That's what has introduced so much of the community to Hillcrest Platte County. Mm-hmm. And so we do big push and we're getting ready to start another big push within the shops to continue to educate people about what those shops support. Right. You know, many times, including my parents for, I don't know, the first five years that I worked at Hillcrest, thought I worked at the thrift shop. And so I'd go to their house like, oh, hey, honey, you know, we found some more stuff in the basement. I'm like, 
yeah. you know that I don't, you know, work at the thrift shop, right? And I don't think they knew that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my my parents uh, just moved out of their house that they were in for 49 years. Holy moly. Over on, uh, you know, 64th Street and, oh, yeah. and Blair Road. Oh, exactly. So I, I grew up on Blair Road, see? So. Okay, they were there for 49 years and they just wow. moved up to Kearney, Missouri. Holy moly. Yeah. So it was crazy going through all their stuff. And my sisters did most of it, but, um, but man, it's a chore. It was wild. It is a chore. And it I don't was... know if you found this with your parents, but there are things that they hold dear that they thought that perhaps you would. And yet, oh, yeah. you don't. I, and I, have, yet, I actually have boxes of it still in <laughs> still in my garage right now that I, I need we, to. Uh, we work with a number yeah. of families because, you know, parents are realizing, okay, maybe my kids don't want the salt and pepper shaker <laughs> collection you know, that we spent 49 yeah. years collecting. But when you donate it to Hillcrest, there's someone who does that'll uh, value that. And then the money mm -hmm. that they pay for it goes directly to helping the families who are in our ministry. Yeah, that's really cool. Or it's one of our families who's furnishing their apartment and that dining room table where your family grew up and had dinners, now a new family can use. Mm. So we love to see you know, that type of continuation mm -hmm. of family traditions, even if maybe it's not in your blood family, right. but right here in the community. And that has allowed us to, we've expanded our services where we also serve the insecurely housed. So folks who are on the verge of eviction, for whatever reason, either they're, you know, late on their rent, or they can't keep the electricity on. And so we, we have helped over 550 families avoid eviction since the beginning of that program. Wow, that's good. So what we found is while we have 35 fully furnished apartments, you can only serve 35 families at a time. And if we serve people in their home before they become homeless, we can have such a bigger impact on the community. So we love to be able to have more touches mm -hmm. throughout Platte County. That's great. That's great. So, so you, you have a pretty big volunteer force. It sounds like never big enough, right? Never big enough. Right. <laughs> but I, I'm thinking about all the different ways that people can get connected and, and serve and volunteer. Right. And so you might want to highlight is, some of those things for people who are listening. Right. We couldn't do what we do without our volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, and there are so many different ways to get involved. I always like to say, you know, however you are gifted, we can put that gift to use at Hillcrest. We certainly can utilize folks who uh, who are numbers people, you know, to run the cashier. We would love to have folks come help us there. But you might be interested in books. And so, you know, you come volunteer in the book department, or you like to tinker, you know, on mechanical things and come help us in our appliances and electronics areas, or you love sporting, you know, we've got a sporting goods department, or you love babies, and we have a, you know, children's and toy department or art or furniture, you know, or clothing and, you know, put our mannequins uh, together and help sort the clothing and have an identifying 
uh, idea, because I sure don't, of, oh, what's the current style and what's the hip name brands <laughs> and all of those things. You know, we need all of that type of expertise hmm. to make the store run the way that it does and are always in need of volunteers. Certainly this last year, we were hit hard with the limitations that we had to put on folks who could come in to help because of uh, the worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we are just now getting folks to start trickle back, trickling back in. Mm -hmm. um, we've taken many precautions, you know, to ensure the safety of the folks who volunteer as well as the staff and the shoppers. Uh, but we are in, I would even call it desperate need mm. for folks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, if, you were wanting to get a workout in, you know, we've got spots on our dock, you know, greeting people and helping unload trunks and, you know, the donations. Uh, there's just many, many ways that people can get involved uh, by giving their time. Yeah. And I would, I would kind of guess, and I know through my own personal experience, once you get involved, what you get in return through the relationships that you develop and, who you see you're helping mm -hmm. it's a worthwhile way to spend an hour of time here and there yeah you bet yeah and i and i'm this particular i'm doing some interviews right now on say like social justice oh, and yeah. spirituality and so in in my mind um when i think about this issue i always think about things typically through like a biblical lens and so like in in the old testament in the Hebrew Bible, um, when the prophets talked about justice, you know, like Amos 5, 24, I'm thinking about, you know, is a famous one, let, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And that word for justice is mishpat. And when the, when the Hebrew prophets use that, it's always about social justice. So it's always about the vulnerable people. It mm -hmm. could be about the immigrants. I did a interview on, on with an immigration lawyer that that would be the strangers or the foreigners that, right. that, that, that talks about, or it could be about uh, the poor or the widow or the orphan mm -hmm. or people that are at these vulnerable places uh, and, and homeless, poverty, any number of things. But that the, the heartbeat of the prophets was for you know, I like I, I kind of like to say God's always on the side of the vulnerable and the marginalized and 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 those that are in these kind of really right. challenging situations. Right. And so part of how we uh, and then Jesus said, you know, to as much as you do to the least of these, you've done it to me. Mm -hmm. And and it picks up on that same theme of the Hebrew prophets and social justice. And it talks about the thirsty and the hungry and the naked and the, you know, so right. you're talking about people who need shelter and clothing and, and um, it talks about the stranger, the prisoner, all these different folks. And I'm, so this is a way that we, that we encounter Jesus, you know, and absolutely in, in our service. And absolutely. Our, and we've served all of those, you know, we've served the foreigner, we've served the hungry, we've served the widow and the orphan. And when you come in and serve at Hillcrest, you will walk alongside these folks and you'll realize we're all just human. Mm -hmm. You know, we all encounter challenges. Mm -hmm. And and what I love about Hillcrest, Hillcrest is a Christian ministry. Uh, each of our apartments is adopted by a different church. So we have 
Methodists serving alongside Catholics, alongside Lutherans, Presbyterians, you know, community churches, Baptists, everybody coming together. But they leave the denomination at the curb, mm-hmm. and they just come in with the hands and feet of Christ mm. offered. And while we are a place where Christians can serve, we don't put any expectations on the folks we serve, Mm -hmm. and we don't place any judgment. We've served all variety Mm -hmm. of folks with all variety of backgrounds and experiences, and it breaks my heart to think about the negative experiences people have had with Christians Mm -hmm. who are not Christ-like at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what is most rewarding about this position is that I see people come and ask questions about why. You know, why? Are these folks bringing me dinner when my mom isn't? Mm. Why are these people caring for me when my family and friends have forsaken me? Mm-hmm. And to be able to then have a window open to discuss about how we're called through a love that was given to us, it's its amazing when people then turn their lives over and we've had many times where you know the resident managers who are the folks who live on property and really form the closest relationships with those we serve are called in to baptize people mm. and that's not you know what you, you won't see that on any of our brochures you won't see that when you open up our webpage we focus on budgeting and we focus on accountability but if we can make an impact on eternity mm-hmm. i don't know what better way to spend our time. And that's what we do by walking the walk, Mm. by doing what we're guided to do in the Old Testament and new. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity to do that right in our backyard. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people are hungry for anyway, is, you know, call it the hands and feet of Jesus or, but kind of any people do get sick of the dogma and the, infighting and the right all that other stuff and man-made rules mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we're just called to love god and love each other mm-hmm. and there's a great way to do that by bringing people food by listening to their story by sorting clothes at the thrift shop you know it all comes together in offering the folks mm-hmm. who are most vulnerable what they need at the moment yes love it Beautiful. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It's good stuff. And all right here. You know, when yeah. I first joined the organization and would give presentations, you know, that's what I'd always focus on. You, know, you don't need to get on an airplane. You don't need any additional vaccinations. Right. You know, now maybe they're saying that they do. I don't know. But, you know, it's real easy. You don't have to, to go into a lot of expense. If you've got a spare hour, you know, come spend it with us. That's great. That's great. So how how do people uh, find you? How do they get a hold of you? How do they reach out if they want to volunteer, if they want to learn more? They can go to our website at Hillcrest Platt, like the county, P-L-A-T-T-E dot org. And we have volunteer forms and additional information on the website, or they can just stop in at one of the thrift shops. Uh, there's one right there at 64th and Prairie View. There's a couple of them right in that area in the mm-hmm. Picture Hill Shopping Center and over by Hy-Vee and then up at Platte City, uh, just off 92 Highway. You can see it from 29, you know, take either of the Platte City uh, exits and uh, it's right in between the two of them. 
by the Dairy Queen. Everybody knows where the Dairy Queen is, right? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks so much for being with us and sharing your your heart and your vision. And I, I, I love it. I love what you shared today. And thank you so much for your time. So everybody, thanks for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures. We'll see you next time. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.